The Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Podcast. We are on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, uh, and it is episode 30, 30. You know, the episode after 29, before 31, 30. Wow. Episode 30. It's a Friday. All right, all right, all right. I am Nick DiGilio. Lots of great stuff coming up on the Nick D Podcast. First of all, I want to thank Jason Skaggs for that incredible opening theme and all the other music and themes and sounds and noises that you hear. He is a genius. He is nuts. And I love him. Jason Skaggs in Houston. You can check him out on Facebook. He's also on Patreon. Uh, check a bunch of different uh, great podcasts on this network. Uh, rate and review on any platform. Check us all out at radiomisfits.com. And if you want to be a part of this uh, Nick D podcast, we want you to be a part of it. So please do. We invite you to call, to send in emails anytime, anywhere, any place, all the time. Send them now. You can leave us a voicemail message at 773-417-6948. And you can drop us an email anytime with any of your thoughts. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. All right. Hey, coming up on the podcast, uh, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi will join me, my uh, movie buddies. Yes, it is. Every other, uh, every other week on the uh, podcast, we talk about new movies. A uh, special uh, segment here for uh, Eric uh, Childress and Steve Procopi because we are all members of the Chicago Film Critics Association. Um, and uh, they are putting together, the, the film critics uh, themselves are putting together a film festival, the Chicago Critics Film Festival, and it starts in May. Um, May 13th, to be exact, and running six days for a full week at the beautiful Music Box Theater. The Chicago Film Critics, uh, who pick all of the movies themselves, it's the only film festival, I think, in the country where the actual film critics pick the movies, and they take over the Music Box Theater for a full week starting on May 13th, and we'll go through the schedule and all the cool stuff that you can see there. So it is a special movie edition, movie reviews edition of a preview of the Chicago Critics Film Festival where there are going to be a lot of great movies that will be uh, popping up. Then Esmeralda Leon is going to join me as she does every single episode. She rules the planet. Couldn't do it without her. I love Esmeralda. And we are going to talk about celebrities that you get mixed up, whether it's their name that you mix up or uh, maybe they look alike, maybe they're doppelgangers or you get them confused because of the reputations that they have. Celebrity doppelgangers, celebrities that you get mixed up with other celebrities, uh, and uh, that kind of uh, that kind of great stuff, and some answers to uh, questions that we threw out uh, that were answered during via email. That's all coming up, and you know what else is coming up? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. Oh, Carrie Russell, I love you. You know who else I love, and I'm seeing her uh, today is Friday. I will be seeing her Sunday night and Monday night. Uh, she's playing in Chicago. Both shows are sold out in Chicago at the Old Town School of Folk on Sunday night, and on Monday night at Space in Evanston. And, of course, is the one, the only, the magnificent Suzanne Vega, um, a, an artist that I've been obsessed with uh, for, I don't know, 37 years. 
from the moment I heard her first album back in 1985, I have been obsessed. I have loved her. I've loved everything that she's done. I followed her around the country for a while, saw her in New York, would travel specifically to New York just to see her live in concert. I don't know how many times I've done that, over 25-ish times, just to go to New York to see her because her songs are you know, a lot about New York where she grew up. And I just think she's an amazing songwriter, an amazing singer. She's also a great actress. She's in a one-woman uh, a film based on a one-woman show that she did uh, called Lover um, Beloved. And uh, that's amazing. I saw that. That'll be, uh, we'll, you know, uh, that's coming up too. But I can't wait to see her again in concert Sunday night and uh, Monday night. And I'm actually uh, uh, going backstage and still working on trying to get her on the podcast as well. But, uh, you know, I'm, an, I'm, I'm getting through the weekend just to get to Sunday night. I really don't care about anything that happens <laughs> today, tonight, tomorrow, until I get to Sunday night when I go to the Old Town, uh, Old Town School of uh, Folk and, uh, and see my, my, my favorite, Suzanne Vega. Very exciting. It's been, it's, been, it's been a bunch of years since I've seen her live, and uh, I could not be more excited. So two nights in a row, sold-out shows, Suzanne Vega. It's, uh, it's going to be a weekend that I just want to tear through just to get to Sunday night. I'll tell you all about the shows and everything on the podcast on Tuesday. So anyway, uh, I do love Hi, her. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's I, show. I, I know you do. All right, let's say hello to uh, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi and talk explicitly and exclusively and extensively about the Chicago Critics Film Festival. But first, congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackal. There it is. It's time for movie reviews. Yes, every time you hear that theme, that means uh, I'm about to be visited by Eric Childress and Steve Procopi, my two friends who have been reviewing movies with me for a long time. We do it every other week here on the Nick D Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And let's say first hello to uh, Eric Childress. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Excellent. Uh, Steve Procopi. Hello, Steve. Yeah. Hey there. How are you doing? How are you? I'm good. Very, very good. Uh, let's, uh, Eric, uh, get your plugs out of the way. Where can people read you, see you, hear you, learn about <laughs> yeah. you, all that shit. Yes. If you're looking for podcasts, I got a couple of them. The Movie Madness podcast that Steve Procopi and I do uh, a lot of stuff on, as well as our good friend Sergio Mims. Uh, look for the Movie Madness podcast and also the Friendship Dilemma that I do with Morgan Geyer, uh, where we talk about films that deal with male and female friendships that hopefully don't always involve romance. All right. And then, uh, and Steve, uh, what's, where can we see and hear in you? Uh, I'm at thirdcoastreview.com for just regular old movie reviews and, uh, and very often floating through the lobby of the music box theater That's right. doing That's my PR I, thing. So yeah. I see, I see you there pretty frequently. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, I've been going there like I, well, I, I spent the majority of last week there um, <laughs> yes. because I went, I went four times in six days to see the thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, because I'm a dork, uh, and, and, uh, and that was pretty amazing. And by the way, I, I, I know it's streaming now, but, um, uh, uh, Eric, I, I gotta say, I think you might've, how many movies did you see on the day that you saw 
Um, <laughs> we're we're all going to the World's Fair. How how was it? I I, oh. I want I want I want to think it was movie six on a day of six movies. I I I can give you that information, but I'd have to go back and look at it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I don't like it. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, fine. I think you and I saw two completely different movies because I thought it was amazing. I often uh, do. So- so and wait, that, Nick, did you did you in fact see anything that you hadn't seen before in the thing? Any little detail that, um, that was no, revealed you know what, to you in you 4K? Here's the thing. Here's the, yeah. Well, first of all, the you know how um, the scene where they they um, they go back to the to the Nor- Sweden Norwegian uh, Mac <laughs> when they go back and they and and uh, it's him and Norris and Palmer. Uh, they go back and discover the spaceship. And you know, as they walk up, that that Albert Whitlock sort of green screen always looked a little hokey. You know what I mean? It always looked kind of shaky, like it looked like three actors standing in front of of a screen. Okay. And they superimposed, you know, the the you guys know the scene I'm talking about. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. They, oh, and yeah. they and they superimposed the frozen in ice spaceship, and it right. always looked a little tacky to me. They clean that up. Wow. Looks, <laughs> it looks beautiful. I mean, it looks beautiful. It looks like oh. Well, it only took forty years for him to make this part look good, and the, but the, but one of the things that I really love that they did not go in and like change is that weird moment at the end of the movie where suddenly Ray Harryhausen inspired stop motion comes into effect. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. With the plunger. Yeah, with the <laughs> where the you know the the thing suddenly turns into a stop motion Ray Harryhausen Sinbad villain. Yeah, um, I love that they did not touch that. You know what I mean? Like they took this 4K, <laughs> they did this whole 4K restoration, and yet they left that in because and, 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 there's a real charm to that. Um, but no, it looked fantastic. I was looking for things, but outside of that, it looked as good as I remember it looking the first time I saw right. it in, in 70 millimeter. But I did. I was trying to. You know, there are so many theories as to who did what at what time because I'm convinced Norris is the first one who's infected. I'm, I'm, I, I, that's that's what I think. That's I his think, shadow on the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's actually, if I'm not mistaken, in real life, it's Larry Franco's shadow um, that they use. Hmm. But okay. anyway, but that's that's as far as I'm concerned. Norris is the first one. He's the one who gets to the blood because Windows drops the goddamn keys when he sees Bennings getting in. You know, infected. You know that scene where mm-hmm. Benning's where he goes into the storeroom? Yeah. Because they make a big deal about go get the keys from Gary. All right. And then he gets the keys from Gary, and then you hear the keys drop when he sees Benning's being sucked. His, you know? So the, the keys were on the floor in the in the in the storeroom. W- Norris, while Windows went out to get Mac, Norris grabs the keys, fucks up the blood, and then puts the keys back. Mm-hmm. And then he infects Palmer. And that's 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 my theory. So there you go. Mm. <laughs> that's as sound as any. Yeah, well, I know. And then I talked to my buddy Ryan Oliver, uh, old old friend of mine from the Factory Theater, uh, whose favorite movie is The Thing. He came on closing night on that Wednesday night, and uh, we were there, and we we talked about our theories. We could have gone on for about seven more hours. So, but no, it was magnificent, and it was a, it was a wonderful week. That I the people who were working there that week, like I'd walk in, they're like, Jesus, dude, you know. <laughs> so, I, I, I still can I still contend that Blair and Fuchs are gay. Uh, I wouldn't be, he, well, Fuchs really is concerned about Blair a lot. Like, and, Blair, Blair. and vice versa. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not Fuchs, it's not Fuchs. Yeah. Why would, Blair's concerned about everyone in the world, but don't touch Fuchs. Well, it's not but no, it's not, I don't think it's, I don't, you know, um. I think because, it's love. But he says, no, at one point he says that whole scene with the, by the way, every time the reveal of the noose makes me laugh, <laughs> every single time. And of course, uh, you know, watch Clark, watch him close, you hear we, which is one of the greatest right. moments ever. But he says, I hear things. It's not Fuchs. 
But I, because I think he's referring to hearing things. It's well, not, he, you know what well, I mean? Well, he knows how much his body weighs because oh. they're lovers. <laughs> uh, because they're so. lovers. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. But oddly, Ryan and I did not get into that theory. Uh, that night. So Talk speaking of the music box, why don't we do a segue here? Uh, uh, the big uh, Chicago Critics Film Festival is starting on May 13th. Uh, the full schedule was announced on April 25th, just a couple of days ago. And um, uh, and I know that, uh, Eric, uh, you're a big part of it, and so are you, Steve. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and the guy and all the guys and girls who make up the, uh, the Chicago film critics festival are part of it, uh, the, the association. So, uh, Eric, why don't we start with you? Let's just go through this and, um, and tell, tell everybody about when it starts and, and then we'll just talk about some of the movies that people can see. And again, full tickets are on sale now, single tickets, everything. Yeah. Single tickets, individual tickets, $15 a piece and a full pass for $150 gets you into every single screening for the entire week. And that's okay. that's the bargain that you're not going to find anywhere else in the world. So we highly uh, advise you to take advantage of that if you plan to be there for at least a couple of days. Yeah. OK, that's, um, that's really cheap. I mean, all the movies that you guys are showing 150 bucks for that whole thing. And there How are many a ton is of- it, Eric? 25? 25 screenings with the shorts screenings. and the... Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 25 screenings, you get that all for uh, 150 bucks, or it's 15 right. bucks for singles. And the tickets are on sale, musicboxtheater.com uh, and uh, ccff.com uh, as well. Uh, Chicago, just full the full name, ChicagoCriticsFilmFestival.com. Oh, okay. ChicagoCriticsFilmFestival.com. Get your tickets there. Check out your schedules at the Music Box as well. All right, uh, Eric, what are, what, what, which ones do you want to go through? Or if you want to just go uh, opening night, start with that. Yeah, I'll just start opening night, and then Steve can go to whatever uh, film he would like mm-hmm. to talk about. Yeah, we you guys can jump all, over, yeah. you guys mm-hmm. jump all over the place with the titles as long as we let everybody know the date and time. Yeah, we'll just we'll kick things off. As opening night is May 13th, Friday the 13th. And uh, we're opening with uh, the film that was the biggest uh, deal at Sundance this year called Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Uh, Apple picked this up for $15 million. It is Cooper Rafe's follow-up to a pretty uh, well-acclaimed and successful independent film he did a few years ago called Shithouse with him and Dylan Galula. And in this one, he co-stars with Dakota Johnson. He plays a guy that has kind of just come home from college. He is moved back in with his mom, played by Leslie Mann and her boyfriend, Brad Garrett. And he becomes sort of a like a uh, bar, mit- bar-, bar mitzvah, like go party planner guy. Like he just, he kind of boosts up the, anytime there's a bat mitzvah, he sort of boosts it up. So people are dancing and moving around and doing all that kind of stuff. And one of the people that are there is this single mother played by Dakota Johnson. She has an autistic daughter and they strike up this really uh, sweet friendship. uh, And it becomes this story of this younger man and this older woman and she has a fiance and whether or not that's the right fit and whether or not there might be the right fit. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. It's really funny. It's really sweet. Uh, it, I think it's the best work Dakota Johnson's ever done in her career. I think she's that good in this movie. And uh, Cooper Rafe, who uh, not only stars in the movie, but also wrote and directed it, uh, is going to be there opening night uh, to kick things off. And it's going to really get the festival off on a really good beat before we start messing with them psychologically and emotionally <laughs> throughout the festival. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a really great uh, audience pleaser that people are really going to eat up. 
Okay. Well, you had me at Dakota Johnson. You know how there I feel go. about it. I uh, absolutely love her so much. And to hear that this might be the best work she's done makes me very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I will definitely be there uh, without question for that yes. one. Um, so, yeah. all right. So, that's Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Yeah. And it's, uh, mon- it's, uh, that's uh, May 13th, Friday at 7 p.m. Right. And, and again, musicboxtheater.com for tickets and schedule. All right. Steve, where did you want to jump to? I want to I want to jump to the closing night film because this was this is one I definitely championed, um, and uh, this is called I Love My Dad. It's from a director and uh, one of the stars of the film, uh, James Morosini, um, who says that this story is actually based on something that happened between he and his dad. Um, he, he, he he the son is depressive. The dad is estranged. He's not a very good father by any stretch of the imagination, but he wants to make good on some part of his his son's life. And he basically creates a a, a fict- he basically catfishes his son and pretends that he's a very attractive waitress. Uh and uh that that the father knows that the son just knows her online. He meets her online, and they basically form a very intimate relationship so basically it's Patton Oswald as the dad he's playing he's pretending to be this girl the son is just falling in love with her head over heels uh, because he's basically emo- emotionally unstable to a certain degree and they they've sparked up this really this relationship that helps the son kind of come out of his depression but you kind of know where this is going and it's the journey there that just completely floors you. It's a little, there's a lot of things about this movie that are inappropriate, obviously. Uh, yeah. And yes, they, they do have phone sex. Well, text, I guess sexting is what they're doing, but it is hilarious. Uh, Rachel Dratch is in this film as, uh, is, is she, is Patton's boss or Patton's coworker or something? I forget. Co-worker, what, but, I think both. Yeah. 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 So she, she is also very inappropriate with him. Um, but yeah, this this movie is just I saw that South by Southwest. It is it is emotionally devastating. It's hilarious. It's very dark at times, but it it just complete the fact that this is a true story, even though apparently the guy's dad, the filmmaker's dad, denies it. I I don't see how he could. It's too it's too good a story to just make up. So anyway, that's closing night. That's Thursday, uh, May nineteenth at eight fifteen. And can we say, Eric? Can we say what we've we haven't announced something about this yet. Well, I'm, yes. I'm looking. I'm looking on the website. It's on the website. So, oh, yeah. So, yes, yeah. so you can. Okay. You can say that one part. One okay, of them. So, yeah. So, so the, okay. So the filmmaker is going to be there. So the guy right. who wrote it and directed it and co-stars in it will be there. But stay tuned. Stay tuned for more announcements about hopefully about that film. So anyway, yes. Okay. Uh, but yes, right. it's called "I Love My Dad." It is phenomenal. And that's closing night, May nineteenth, Thursday, May nineteenth. All right, cool. All right, uh, Eric, let's go back to you. What do you want, uh, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, I want to ju- actually now jump back to opening night because Nick, since you've kind of set up horror camp at the music box, uh, <laughs> I'm really I'm really hoping that uh, you and a lot of people will stick around for the midnight show that night, uh, right after Cha Cha Real Smooth. Or basically, it's Friday the Thirteenth. We didn't plan it that way, but we have two horror movies uh, playing uh, right after Cha Cha Real Smooth. One called Watcher that uh, people are a, a stalker movie involving Micah Monroe. Where have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. And uh, But the movie I want to talk about is called Speak No Evil, which is the movie playing <laughs> Midnight uh, Friday Night. And it's the story of... No, it, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with... Uh, it doesn't have... It's not, it's not connected <laughs> to, the, to Evil Speak with Clint Howard. 
It is not. Okay. It is not, right. nor right, hear no evil with Marley Matlin. Right, no, uh, it's not. <laughs> you guys remember Evil Speak? Yeah, I, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Classic piece of shit mm-hmm. from the 80s. Oh, classic. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, this one is much better. But uh, it's a story of um, a couple uh, that has a, a young daughter, and they're on vacation, and they meet, as people sometimes do, vacation friends. They meet another couple and who has a young son and they kind of hit it off on vacation and as people sometimes tend to do particularly in the movies is the new couple invites the our central couple over to their uh home in the country uh some months down the road and they go and they take them up on their offer and as they spend a few nights there they realize that this couple is a little off uh, they're not exactly uh, so- social, uh, you know, butterflies uh, in the way that they behave around this couple now that they seem to be a little more comfortable about it. And uh, to, to kind of spoil where this ultimately goes, if it goes anywhere for that matter, I will be doing the film a uh, disservice. But if you want to see what I think is the best horror film I have seen this year to date, uh, mm. Speak No Evil goes places uh it's basically just the 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 worst nightmare scenario of you as a person being so polite that you don't want to upset the people who are upsetting you yeah and okay. it just leads to i just i, I don't even want to i will speak no more about okay. speak no evil speak but no it is evil great midnight on friday the 13th appropriately enough um yes I, you know I, it'll probably speak to me at some in, in on some level because <laughs> uh i hate new people so that uh yeah we, we i was, got go, that. I was gonna yeah. say i was gonna say this film makes a very good argument not to make new friends as yeah an adult. yeah I'm, I'm good with that i'm i'm totally <laughs> yeah. that's that to me is a positive message uh so <laughs> all right cool i will definitely i mean uh I'm, you know i'll just probably stay for all three on on that friday night um, oh you're gonna have a yeah that's a good time for you Nick. yeah no i'll, I'll be there all night so, i mean you start you start me off with dakota johnson and then you have a movie about not making friends that's a horror movie i'm, I'm there <laughs> i'm there all night all right what's uh what is uh what, what would you like to jump to next steve I, I want to jump to uh, what it might be my candidate for best horror film of the year. And I actually noticed, Nick, you just wrote something on Facebook about watching The Night House again. I've got, oh, I think, it, I think an even better Rebecca Hall performance for you in a film called Resurrection. I, I can't uh, fucking <laughs> wait. I cannot wait for this. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Is, tell, tell, tell us this, about so it. So this is a film who, who's a woman about a woman who's very much a professional woman who's got her life very much in order. She's got a daughter that's on the right path in terms of like education and schooling and everything. And and then one day she just happens to notice at a conference she's going to, she sees a man played by Tim Roth from her past. And that's that's all I want to say about him, really. His name is David. Um, and then she just starts running into him continually from there and it just gets her it un- unnerves her and unra- like rattles her and it, it just unravels her and um it just like her very her perfect world under control world gets completely blown apart with each new encounter with him and at some point you're even going to question whether a lot of what you're seeing is even really happening and there's there's evidence certainly to to support both arguments but it is unbelievable and it's got one of the as does Speak No Evil, by the way, but it has one of the great sucker punch endings of of anything I have seen in a long time. Um, yeah, it's pretty. And I, I, I would argue Rebecca Hall 
you know, and I keep thinking each new thing I see her in, she gets better and better. Yeah, yeah. This this is true. This is true of yeah. this film. So I, I, she I, is so good here. I, you know, uh, I like you know, you yes, I did. I watched I watched the Nighthouse again last night. Um, uh-huh. uh, I, for the fifth time, I think. <laughs> and um, and it's that movie. You know, as you guys know, or you know, we've talked about this before. The movie probably works a little bit. It, it's scarier to me because I have the, you know, the. Uh, uh, the the breaking in phobia, the home invasion phobia. Yes, and there's a lot of that, especially in the first third of the movie in in the night house. You know, like she's in bed, and then the fucking music mm-hmm. starts. There's banging at the door. I don't like that. I just don't. Like, <laughs> I just don't like it. Um, so the movie, I find the night house really scary, but she's so unbelievably good in that movie. Um, I mean, for my money, best performance that any human gave last year was her in that movie. Yeah. And, and, and she's remarkable in everything. And she's a goddamn great filmmaker, uh, passing. Uh-huh. She's great. I love her uh-huh. and I've always loved her. I've loved her now for whatever, 20 years she's been making movies. Uh, I even like her in Woody Allen movies for Christ's sake. That's how much I like <laughs> wow. her. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you know, you can like actors and actresses who appear in that asshole's movies, but that's true. Um, but I, but I love her. And just when I heard about this and did a little, you know, looking around on the intranets, um, yeah. I'm in man, a horror movie with Rebecca <laughs> Hall and Tim Roth and Tim yeah. Roth. Jesus. Yeah. So, all right. That's, uh, that is Wednesday, May 18th, seven fifteen at the music box. Correct. Resurrection again, not to be confused with another movie from the '80s called Resurrection with uh, 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 Ellen Burstyn. It's not this, not the same one. Okay, <laughs> no, it okay. is not. No, no not at all. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, Eric. Uh, what do you want to do next? Um, well, I want to go right to the middle of the week, Nick. Uh, you were uh, well, last time we talked about the festival. You were trying to guess what our archival movies were going to be <laughs> yeah, at yeah. this year's fest, yeah, and you yeah. guessed twenty fifth hour. Uh, and you were close. Uh, we have a twenty fifth anniversary right. screening. See, uh, I was going. I was going even. I was going even numbers. Yeah, yeah I didn't know you, you guys were going to go twenty five. I was going twenty thirty. I was thinking, you know, ten. That's yeah. what I, I, have you guys ever gone fifteen? Have you ever gone odd? Well, um, I don't I think, think you gone. have. No, uh, no, you haven't. See, you fucking threw me, but you threw a monkey <laughs> wrench into the whole situation. <laughs> then I have to go back and look at that. Actually, <laughs> Alien yeah, was the fortieth, and, not, and not, yeah, you yeah, did a fortieth. Yeah. You did a twenty. You did what? Did uh, 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 Southland, Southland was, was ten. Yes, yeah, so yeah. don't be fucking uh. around, man. So, <laughs> so, so then, then not only do you throw a monkey wrench into the situation by going on a five, you know, like twenty five mm-hmm. years. But then you you throw a monkey wrench in on one of my favorite goddamn movies ever. <laughs> yep. From like my favorite director on the planet right now. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I think yeah. I'll be there, Eric. I think so. I think yeah. so. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we're ladies and gentlemen, we're showing Boogie Nights oh. on Monday, May sixteenth at seven p.m. in thirty-five millimeter. Please. Yeah, uh, I don't think we need to say much more. No, about I mean T. Anderson's movies. I mean that's all we really need to say. No, uh, although I will say, get your tickets now. I was going to say we have one thing to say. Yeah, it yeah. might sell out. This might sell out. It's already our best seller. So it's yeah. selling very well. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. put, make sure you put it. You know, hey, somebody's important. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Somebody wants a ticket to Boogie Nights. Wants yeah. A, yeah, exactly. You start talking about Boogie Nights, the phones start ringing. Uh, well, you got to make sure if I have to stand in the back, yeah, you got to make sure that I get in. Uh, yeah. To, to you want us to rope off a seat for you, Nick? Well, well, I want you to rope one. off a fucking seat. Yes. And I want, I want, I want Burt Reynolds' corpse to be next to me while I'm wow. watching it. 
So uh, it's a there tall you order. Go. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, Boogie Nights, 25th anniversary, 35 mil. Uh, it's going to sell out. So, you know, that's Monday, May 16th. Uh, I'll even miss WWE Raw that night. That's how important it's <laughs> a fine this is choice. Tonight. A fine so, choice if I do yeah. some damn stuff. <laughs> well, let's weigh that. Mm, let's see. Yeah. Raw, who, which now that product is not very good, or one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made in 35 millimeter. Okay. All right. So, Boogie Nights, 30, or 25th uh, anniversary, Monday, May yeah. 16th, 7 o'clock. Get those tickets now. All right. Okay, uh, Steve, you can't top that, but try. Oh. Uh, no, although although I will say since we were talking about since we're talking about our favorite actresses, and I know Nick, you have a couple current ones like uh, Rebecca Hall, like Elizabeth Moss. I'm going to throw into the mix Andrea Riceborough as one mm. of my personal favorites of the moment. Um, she's in a film called Two Leslie that uh, Eric and I both saw at South by Southwest. Um, it's she plays. A, a West Texas single mother, substance abuser, terrible, just terrible mother who wins a lottery uh, several years ago and blows the money basically partying and has her you know kid taken away from her. And so this is about her kind of trying to get her life back on track, get her son back and her now her growing. Her, I think he's a teenager in this movie now, but trying to get that back. And she ends up kind of near where he lives and she ends up working at this hotel as a maid uh, hotel that's run by Mark Marin, who is very good in this movie. Um, and I think this, I think she's actually returning home. So like Anna, Allison, Janney and Steven Root are there. They kind of have taken care of the kid while she was off uh, doing whatever she was doing, but it's basically watching this woman just creeping back to some semblance of normal and just trying to get back into her community and back mm. and i know we've seen a million films about people recovering from this and that and you know struggling and failing and coming back this this is this is so believable and so realistic and riceboro is so damn good in this movie everyone i know that has seen it including ryan with the music box all this out by two is like that's the best movie I'm gonna, I'm gonna see all year. So yeah. he and he's not he may not be wrong. It is so good. Yeah. Um, and Riceboro is well. If is, if people is, don't is know if people if people don't know you know what we may have seen her in before. Uh, yeah. What is what has she been in? Well, um, I forget the Cronen the Brandon Cronenberg movie. Um, what was that movie called? Oh, <laughs> Which that's probably well, Possessor. What's that? Possessor. Yeah. She, oh, the, she was oh, like the, the female lead in. In Possessor, right. Oh, 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 it's so, oh, Brandon Cronenberg's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah the son. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was thinking David because Cron- you said, yeah. okay. You no, no, said, no. Okay. All right, I know who she uh, is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, I mean she's been in a, a lot of other things, but not a lot that has been seen. And what's, what, what's, what's frustrating about her, and the only thing that's frustrating about her, is that she's a chameleon. And when I sometimes don't even realize it's the same actress yeah. Like before I learned her name, I didn't even realize it was the same person in all these roles. Yeah. So, I mean, but she is, if you look back at her career, she's done some fantastic dramatic work, horror work. She, she's, she's the real deal. Okay. She's right up there for me in terms of performers and to Leslie, which is on uh screen Saturday, May 14th, seven o'clock. We're going to have the filmmaker there, Michael Morris. Um, yeah. It's, it's terrific. Okay, great. That's very, very cool. All right. Uh, okay, uh, Eric, what do you want to go to next? Yeah, on uh, Tuesday, May 17th, I really wanted to highlight this film called Straighten Up and Fly Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a film, this is a standout film at the Slamdance Film Festival this year. It won one of the their uh, uh, jury prizes, and uh, it stars uh, 
written, directed, and co-stars both Kristen Abate and Steven Tannenbaum, who are both very active in the New York uh, theater community. Mm-hmm. And in the film, uh, Abate plays a young woman who has this, uh, I don't have the, the, the exact medical term for it, but it's a spinal condition that basically twists your spine basically into the shape of a question mark is how it's often described. Mm-hmm. And so she's you know constantly hunched over. Uh, she works, works, starts working as a dog walker uh, and, and she's very closed off uh, from community. She doesn't really want to put herself out there because of her condition. And she uh, eventually on her dog walking duties, uh, the friends uh, a nearby neighbor played by uh, Tannenbaum who has the same condition and she initially thinks he's making fun of her when he meets her, but eventually they become very close and he starts looking out for her and trying to sort of get her back into uh, community so she can actually just start live, enjoying life again. And uh, it's a it's a really uh, subtle, really wonderful uh, little character piece. Uh, the, the chemistry between Abate and Tannenbaum, their friendship is is really terrific. And both of them are going to be at the music box uh, for this film for the 17th. Uh, they, they couldn't be more excited. And th- these films like this are part of what this festival is about. The chance to champion these movies that are not going to show up in your multiplex and stuff like that. And this is, this is a really special movie that I hope people will, will turn out for called straighten up and fly, right? Straighten up and fly, right? Tuesday, May 17th, 7 PM. Uh, now I, I do, before we get back to talking about, uh, movies, uh, and stuff, you guys are having like an opening night, like a gathering, like, a uh, at a, at a, where, where, where's the opening night thing happening or like a pre-show thing? Aren't you doing that? Oh yes, yes. we are on uh, May 3rd at, uh, Grand Row, I think is the name of the name of the location. Uh, we're having a little pre-fest, uh, soiree as they say. And, uh, people who show up, we're going to be giving away a couple passes to the festival. Uh, first drink is on us and, uh, just a little thing from five o'clock to six thirty on Tuesday, May 3rd. So if, uh, people show up, uh, for that, uh, you know, just, just a little, little welcoming thing that okay. uh, we're doing right. this year. I wanted to, I wanted to mention that, uh, as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, Steve, another movie you want to jump into here? Yeah, we we haven't mentioned any of our documentaries yet. I want to talk about something called Second Chance uh, from a great filmmaker named Ramin Barani. Um, he this is his first uh, documentary feature, actually. Although he's been Oscar nominated for different things before, but um, this is about a guy who who used to be a pizza owner who became a guy named Richard Davis. He was a pizza owner who then became basically the inventor of what we now consider the modern day bulletproof vest. And the movie opens up literally a lot of his commercials that he's his self-made commercials feature him literally put on the vest and shoot himself in the chest. And then to, to prove that not only does the bullet not go through, but it doesn't knock you over. The impact doesn't knock you over. You can shoot, immediately shoot back while you're shooting, like while you're being shot. Um, and it's really it, you never really get used to seeing that, by the way, in this movie, even though we see it many times. Uh, we never really, he never really takes the shock out of it. But anyway, um, apparently he he claims to have shot himself 192 times. By the way, so anyway, so but there is there's more to this story. Obviously, he sold his vest to military personnel, to police people all over the country, all over the world, really. And then at some point, he started using a different material in his vest that was sold to him by a company, and police officers started dying and there was a 
big lawsuit and the big uh, and his reputation obviously was shot and the business went under and it's a whole the, the, the movie explores like his whole entire arc in this field and how weirdly enough he's actually making a comeback right now in the same field i don't know how it's possible but he is um some people might consider this guy a shyster some people consider him a hero um yeah there's a lot of intrigue there's a lot of twists and turns and double crosses it's a crazy film. I was I knew nothing about this going into it. I think it's probably best that we keep it that way for a lot of people. But this, this is a man of contradictions. You may not like him, but you're going to find his story truly fascinating. And that's uh, Sunday, May 15th at noon. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's our first film that day. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Second, cool. second chance. Yeah. Second chance. All right. Very, very cool. Uh, any, uh, what do you want to go to? Uh, what do you want to go to next? Uh, I'd like to say, uh, since we're talking about documentaries, the same day, uh, later that evening, Sunday, May 15th, uh, we're playing a film that I think is uh, so far one of the best documentaries I've seen this year called Hold Your Fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if people saw Stanley Nelson's documentary Attica from last year, this actually makes a great companion piece to it because it's based on an actual event that happened not too long after Attica in uh, Brooklyn, where uh, some uh, people went into, uh, I think it was a gun store, uh, looking to steal some guns, uh, primarily for self-defense for murders and things that were happening uh, in the area towards uh, their their people. And it and ended up being uh, what I guess is the longest standoff in New York uh, police history. Uh, and the remarkable thing about this documentary is that a lot of the players both on the cops and the people who are inside are still alive. Mm. And one of the things that the movie talks about is the sort of the, that it's a film about how de-escalation techniques uh, brought on by a uh, New York, famous New York uh, psychologist at the time, basically sort of paved the way for the way that cops are supposed to be using de-escalation techniques over time. And it all kind of started with this one particular incident and, it's 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 one of these documentaries that reminds you that the more things change, the more they stay the same. In many cases, uh, a lot of the cops have really archaic attitudes and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, not everyone is innocent or guilty in in the film, and uh, it's just it's an incredibly strong piece of work, a real great piece of true crime uh, tale. And uh, the director Stefan Forbes is going to be there for Q and A afterwards as well. Okay, cool. Uh, so you know our old our old buddy uh, uh, Colin Suter uh, is the guy who programs the short film uh, program, mm -hmm. uh, and he did, he's got two of them, and uh, always uh, picks interesting ones and varying ones uh, for each program. And in fact, he's got uh, a couple of people who are showing up that I that are like I know uh, for for one of the one of the films. One of the films that uh, that he's showing one of the shorts is called After a Love Story. Um, and it features one of my old uh, people from the factory theater who I never actually got to work with. Uh, her name is Jill Oliver. She's a, a terrific actress, and I know her pretty well uh, from the old factory days. Well, not really. The, I'm from the old factory days. She's like, <laughs> she's like mid factory days uh, and latter factory days. But uh, uh, Claire Cooney, who I had on my radio show uh, several mm -hmm. times, uh, directed this thing, and uh, it's called... Uh, after a love story, which I've seen, and uh, it's it's really terrific, and they do great work, and it's local, uh, and it's one of the many uh, shorts that uh, that uh, that Colin has put together for his shorts program. So he's going to have some really talented people there too. And those there there are two shorts programs, um, 
and uh, and one of them is right before Boogie Nights, and the other one is on Saturday the fourteenth. Right. So anyway, mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that. Uh, uh, so uh, you can watch those shorts. It's the and uh, and Colin does a really exhaustive job uh, putting those together and going through. Oh, them. it's incredible! It's yeah. incredible, and the and the shorts programs every has like grown every year. And you know, we don't even like we we, we put Colin in a room for four months and just right. let's let him do his thing. <laughs> right. We don't even like you know we don't even chime in. You know, every once in a while we might see one, we might pass it along to him, but we let him. It's his baby. We let him yeah. curate those things, and it always turns out pretty amazing. And the people just they again they trust him the way. They they trust us with this lineup and it's, it's just it's wonderful to see every year yeah very cool so there's two of those all right uh steve did you want to jump onto another one here uh i think uh, we're running out um yeah actually i do <laughs> want to talk about our other rep title uh since we're since we're yeah. talking about boogie nights let's talk about we're doing as a midnight film on uh, saturday night we're doing bram stoker's dracula from francis yeah. ford coppola i'll be skip- um, i'll be i'll be skipping that one <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's it is one of the last one of the last times in modern history that that all of the effects were done in camera which was yeah. kind of a a big yeah. deal at the time and some of them and Gary Oldman pretty much you know lost looks like he's losing his mind for the entire film um but yeah and and there's it's it's a uh, and we're presenting it not in 35 but actually a 4K uh version of it so um a little a little different than what we usually do with the rep titles but yeah um yeah i mean it's it's the classic story you know told fairly faithfully with a with a all-star cast many many of whom are still quite active even though it's this was 30 years ago yeah um so yeah most of the people are very active uh right yeah. now and in, and in fact a couple of people had resurgence since then yeah like oh, you know like, sure. like winona Ryder, for christ's sake was gone oh, for yeah. a while and then stranger yeah. things boom and Keanu, yeah. the you know the Keanu sans, you know that's that's yeah, all mm-hmm. there. Uh, Anthony Hopkins won an Oscar uh, uh, last year, year before. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, they're all still uh, they're all still going. Yeah. At, I just remember liking Tom Waits a lot. That's the the one. Tom <laughs> Waits is, is as Renfield is. He's the best. Renfield. Uh-huh. He's the best. Richard yeah. E. Grant is in this. I mean, it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a heck of a movie. It's certainly if you haven't seen it on the big screen, I think it's worth seeing once. Yeah. On the big screen. Oh yeah. But, no uh, no no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if just, if just for the photography, the and the effects and, it's, and stuff. And in, in 4K, effects. it's going to look amazing. Yeah, so, yes, that's our midnight Saturday night I, on at, the 14th. And I've told you guys, I'm not going to tell it now because it's a long story, yeah. but I was at the infamous first screening <laughs> of that movie, uh, which took place during a projectionist strike, and we had to cross the picket line. And something happened uh, mm-hmm. during during that screening that is that has made it pretty notorious, and I can't believe that was 30 years ago. Wow. <laughs> that was a first date for a girl I dated for a while. That was our first date. I took her to see. Wow. The, <laughs> so anyway, something happened during that screening that was just hilarious. If you look back at it, so and it has no chance of happening this time because it's in 4K. So <laughs> that's it won't right. Happen. That's right. Okay. All right. One one last uh, thing you want to plug, uh, Eric, before we get it out of here. Yeah, I got one. I, I'm going to save another one for for Steve because I'm I think he's eyeing that one. Uh, right. But on on closing night uh, before I love my dad, which closes out the the festival on Thursday the 19th. Uh, we're showing Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which was the, the mm-hmm. other big deal at Sundance this year. Searchlight uh, picked this one up for $7.5 million. And this is a, it's sort of a classic two-hander. It's uh, Emma Thompson and uh, Daryl McCormick. I, I think that's uh, the, the actor's name. And yeah. it's a story of uh, a woman who has been widowed for a few years, uh, played by Thompson, who uh, hires a male escort 
she, you know, as much as she might have uh, had a good relationship with her husband uh, sexually, then never quite got there, shall we say. And so she hires a male escort and she's not quite sure of herself about this thing, but it's something she feels she wants to do. And this gentleman... Uh, shows up and they begin to have converse and get more comfortable with each other. Uh, and it turns into a series of rendezvous uh, at, at this hotel where they each get uh, so comfortable with each other. They start sharing uh, some of the you know, darker aspects of their stories uh, and, you know, where, where eventually both of these people are going to end up in the future. Uh, it's a, it's a really smartly written, uh, the, the two of them are really, they have a great rapport together. Emma Thompson, uh, is going to show up on some ballots next year. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. Uh, it, it's an amazing, uh, piece of work from her yeah. and, uh, which goes without saying usually, well, uh, listen, well, listen <laughs> you know, when you, when Emma Thompson's name is on something, you go and see it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and and I think that and and this is again uh, we, we we sort of bookended the festival with crowd pleasers. Cha Cha Real Smooth at the beginning. I yeah. love my dad. Is as crazy as that movie is. It it really is. It's going to kill people with yeah. laughter. And the and good luck to you, Leo Grand. Is really going to send people off with a with a really big smile on their face. Uh, it, it it really is quite good. Okay. All right, Steve. One more. Last one for you. I'm not sure which one. Are you talking about which one you're talking about, Eric Marcel? Or that's that's what I thought you might go. Oh, with. the only reason I wasn't going to talk about it is I think we talked about it when we announced our first seven. But I'll talk. Always, that's true. I'll talk about yeah. Marcel no, to mean, the ends of the hey, earth. Hey, listen. Sure. Here's the deal. Anytime you're on this podcast and you want to talk about fucking Jenny Slate, you can talk about Jenny Slate. Yeah, yeah. If you well, want to okay, talk, Marce- yeah. If you want to, this is the feature. This is the feature version of Marcel. The show with shoes. We should with shoes on we should mention i believe we're playing all the marcel shorts within the shorts programs this year as well so you get to actually see them see them there as well um colin collins wisely put those in there but yeah marcel voiced by jenny slate this is this is a (laughs) like a document like a faux documentary about marcel's life living in this place with uh his grandmother voiced by isabella rossellini um and how it, they kind of incorporate the shorts into the film um, as if they like this director who's making this film and talking to Marcel is posting videos on YouTube. And suddenly these. So this is supposed to all be in the same universe as the shorts, but the shorts right. are like these viral things that suddenly make Marcel very popular. And so right. it's Marcel gets starts getting interview requests and we'll, we'll, I'll leave it at that. But it's a phenomenal phenomenal ending i said it i said i think i texted eric right after i watched and said this is the most adorable film ever made like in the history of film <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it truly is but it's also very moving and very and you're gonna cry probably so listen i uh, cried i cried at the trailer <laughs> the trailer made me cry I don't even and, think and, I watched and, the trailer and, but and <laughs> i fucking i hate phil collins and the trailer made me cry I haven't seen it. I must not have seen well, it because yeah. they play take. I, I saw they, the movie before they play, the trailer came out. They play "Take Me Home" during the trailer, and <laughs> yes, I, and, they do. So that's yeah. why I love that trailer, Nick. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Patrick Bateman. Good job. <laughs> You're right. I thought uh, I have carte blanche to talk about Phil Collins whenever I want on this podcast. <laughs> so that's yeah. 
but pay attention. That's Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Saturday afternoon, the fourteenth at four thirty. So you got to right. get there a little early. But okay. yeah, it is. This is the one. This is also selling very well, by the way. So yes, okay. uh, you right. should definitely be there. <laughs> All right. Well, Marcel, the shell. I will definitely be there, and then I'll, I'll get to watch that happy thing, and then followed by a movie about a recovering alcoholic. That'll be a really nice day for me. That'll be uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So <laughs> if you want the festival passes, they're one hundred and fifty bucks. That's the way to go. Fifteen bucks per show. Uh, all the great uh, guests and Q and A's are going to be there. You got the Shorts Festival. Um, everything ranging from comedies to dramas to weird movies to horror films. Every Everything in between, uh, and uh, it runs for the entire week starting on May 13th. Musicboxtheater.com for tickets and schedules, and Chicago uh, Critics Film Festival.com as well. Well, uh, Greg, Greg, congratulations on, uh, on getting the thing up and going again, ninth uh, year in a row. And um, I'll, and if you need to, if you need any assistance during that uh, during that time period, uh, I don't have a full time gig at night anymore. So uh, <laughs> yes, I will. I well, will actually. I will actually be there a few times because there's a few just, movies. It'll be good there. just to have you there, Nick. That's all That's right. Very true. Yes. <laughs> okay, but uh, I will definitely. You guys are showing stuff that I definitely can't wait to see. So it's going to be fun. awesome. Okay, cool. All right, guys, we will talk to you next time. What do we got? Because we're going to be off the next week, and then the actually the following week, you guys, Jesus, will you be able to do it? Uh, the uh, yeah, the tw- yeah, on we'll Thursday, do it. yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, I just want to make sure because I know it, it gets because that's your opening day, right? That's the like, the opening. The next time you guys are going to be on, will be opening night. Yes. Well, so, yes, correct. Well, right when we're on, yeah, no, we'll be able to do it. Okay, we'll be fine. We'll be able to do All it. Right. Yeah. Okay, I just we're wanted good. to make sure. I know it's gonna. I know how busy it is for you guys. And well, I know the first show on fr- first show on Friday is until seven o'clock. So we got. Oh it. right, yeah, the coming. first show on Friday. That's right. It's Friday. That's right. Okay. All right, Eric, Eric, Steve, you guys are great. Congrats on that. Everybody, go to musicboxtheater.com for your passes and your tickets and all that cool stuff. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Thank Thanks. you. All right. See, see you later. All right. There's uh, Eric and Steve, and it is uh, the Chicago. Critics Film Festival. Hey, you know who rules? Esmeralda Leon. We got a lot to talk about. And uh, let's say hello to her officially by playing this jam. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah. Yeah. The funky sounds of Jason Skaggs on a Friday. <laughs> Esmeralda. Hi. Yes. How you doing? Hi. How are you? <laughs> The funky I, sounds of Jason Skaggs. He should have his own station. Yeah, W. With Skaggs. just all his songs. Oh, they'd be great. They'd be great. All the all the stuff that he's done for uh, for this podcast, they've all been amazing. Um, you know who I've got to get him to do one now because he's coming back on the he's coming back on the podcast uh, next week or the week after. Yes, uh, Stephen Toblowski is going to be back. Oh boy. And so oh we got, boy! We got to get him. You know, we got to get. He's got to. He's got to throw in a. He's got to throw in a bing. You know, from uh, the Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got to throw in lines from Groundhog Day, and you know all the other classic uh, things that Stephen. Uh, oh, uh, he's to- yeah. No, he's going to 
go crazy with that. He will. Skaggs will go nuts. I'll be like, hey, man, you got to do a theme for, for uh, Stephen Tobolowsky. He's going to do like a 47-minute epic. <laughs> so, it'll be anyway. good, though. It'll be yeah. real good. Yeah, it'll be as great as you can possibly imagine. Now, that's the Jason Skaggs, and uh, we are here. Uh, it is uh, Esmeralda Leon, who uh, is with me on every uh, single podcast, except for the first uh, Tuesday of each month, which is next mm-hmm. time. Next time, uh, okay. uh, the next show that we're doing is a For the People uh, podcast with uh, Herb Weissbaum telling you all the cool things that you can do to help out your uh, your consumer issues and your money issues, and Tom Appel talking about cars. So uh, we give uh, Esmeralda nice. a little break on that one, and then you'll be back. And I think the next time that you do come back after that, I think a man from the British Isles will be joining us via his submarine. Oh, I boy. Believe, I believe that might be happening. So cannot wait a week from today. So, hey, so you remember the last time that we were on Esmeralda? Mm -hmm. It was only a couple of days ago. So, uh, and you could not think of a term. Um, Can can you set that up for us? Explain what you couldn't think of, and then, of course, me being the brain trust that I am, I couldn't think of it either because I'm no, (laughs) I'm no help in any kind of regard. But, but uh, yes, honestly, don't remember. (laughs) Oh, you don't remember. I don't remember the prompt, like why I was using that term. Well, the the it I was for uh, willing something. I see. I can't remember what we were talking about. Yeah. See, well, that's I, 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 I have very selective to- memory. Right. I I very I I don't I guess I don't remember what set it up. All I know is that we were trying to think of. <laughs> it was driving you crazy. You were trying to think mm-hmm. of what it means to like. It was like some sort of like uh, uh, it, it, destiny. Essentially willing. Something willing something yeah willing something yeah. to happen pretty much and we couldn't think of it you know you were it was you were going crazy so we were reaching out to our lovely subscribers and listeners who can leave voicemails and send emails to us anytime they want at any time and we fully encourage it we want to hear from you uh leave your voicemails at 773-417-6948 and your emails uh drop them off at nickdpodcast at gmail.com and we reached out to you to help us out. And we got a lot of responses. But let me read a couple of quick emails here, Esmeralda, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to tie this up. Uh, and uh, this is Aaron in Aurora, Illinois. Aaron in Aurora, hello. That's my Larry King. <laughs> that was my Larry King. Very nice. Very good. Yeah. Um, Aaron in Aurora says, the word Esmeralda may have been thinking of uh, – but it couldn't have something that will happen, but hasn't happened. Would might be a manifestation. No, no, and we got that a couple of times. Like manifestation hmm. was one that we got. Um, manifest destiny, in fact, was one <laughs> that we got. I I can kind of I can kind of understand manifestation. Yeah, because it's mm-hmm. something that you. But that it's you, not what I was thinking of. No. Uh, so, but we will get to what you were thinking of. And Aaron also hmm. says. Regarding the unsolved mystery of D.B. Cooper, remember we were talking about uh, unsolved mysteries the last time, yes. D.B. Cooper being one of them, the, in the Disney... Wait a minute. Shit. Oh, <coughs> damn it. Okay, hold on a second. I just hit a button here. Okay. Uh, regarding the unsolved mystery of D.B. Cooper, in the Disney Plus show Loki, you know, that's a Marvel show with mm-hmm. my man Tom Hiddleston, mm-hmm. Loki, Tom Hiddleston's Loki... Uh, is somehow is uh, somehow to be revealed as DB Cooper. That makes sense because isn't Loki like the god of chaos or something? I don't know. He yeah, I guess yeah. Like or in the, at it, least it, in general, he's like yeah. I don't very I mean, I, chaotic. 
Yeah, he does a lot of wacky shit in those movies. And I know that, in, in like, Loki in, in the actual, you know, history, uh, uh, you know, of the god. Not mm. Marvel Universe, oh, but in the actual... A cunning trickster. Yes, that's what he is. And he does all so. kinds of... In the movies, he always does some goofy shit where he steals something. And I guess we can blame him for all the stupid multiverses because he took a... I don't know. He took like a ring and stuck it up his ass and it changed all the course of, I don't know. Turned into a diamond. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't he's know. putting coal up there. But, now, but Agar, Agar, apparently Loki has, is D.B. Cooper in one of the series. That makes, you know, that would make sense. Like that would, because yeah. yeah, cunning trickster. Cunning trickster, that Tom Hiddleston. I love him. Uh, and then Brad sends an email, says, Nick, you missed the connection between Lizzie Borden and your show. Now, we were also talking oh, about wow. Unsolved Mysteries. Lizzie Borden, remember, chopped up her parents with an axe and mm-hmm. then was acquitted. They found mm-hmm. her, you know, she was acquitted, but they never really found who the murderer was. And then all these years later, yeah. Esmeralda, you were upset because the murders were still pinned on her. There were poems and Yeah, that's so you know, terrible to think yeah. that that's your legacy. That's your legacy. <laughs> Killed your mother with an axe, gave her 40 wax, see what she had done. She gave her father 41 or whatever the hell And was. you did nothing. She didn't do anything. Wow. But anyway, Brad says Lizzie Borden was played by Elizabeth Montgomery, who was also the star of Bewitched. Okay, we we mm-hmm. talked about that. Then he says in Bewitched, the Stevenson's housekeeper was mm-hmm. added to the show to take care of Tabitha and Adam, and that character's name was. Do you know what that character's name was? Esmeralda. Esmeralda. But it was yes! a housekeeper, wasn't it? Her cousin. It, it was her cousin. It was Alan, Alice Ghostly played her. Okay. Uh, and it says, a side fun fact note, Esmeralda was played by Alice Ghostly, probably the most appropriate actor's name f- uh, for a show about witches. So uh, so anyway, there's the connection between Lizzie Borden and our show. Well, all right. See, because Elizabeth <laughs> Montgomery played Lizzie Borden, Elizabeth Montgomery yes. was in Bewitched. It's like Six Degrees of Kevin Bay with Six Degrees of Esmeralda Leon is what we're playing now. Sure. So. Though that wasn't me in the in Bewitched. No, that was Alice Ghostly. <laughs> But her name was Esmeralda on the show. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. And, I re- and the only other Esmeralda, obviously, that I remember is, is Hunchback. That's the, those are the only Esmeraldas yes. that, I, that I can recall. Are yeah. there any other ones that you remember? Because you have no. that name. No. I don't think there is any. Yeah, I can't think of any. All right. Except for... There's, there is... Um, people do have Esme, but that's a whole different name. Esme? Mm-hmm. Is there French. a Y a Y on the end of it? Nope. No? E-S-M-E. Oh, it probably has an oh. accent on the top. Sure. There you go. <laughs> sure. All right. All right. Well, there's a... Uh-oh. Oh. Is that your dad? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Oh, no. I love Nick's show. I know. We know. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. All right. Okay. I love right. Nick's show. No, okay. mm-hmm. Number one fan. Yeah. Again, she'll never, ever do my podcast because of this stupid <laughs> ass bit that I'm doing. Um, all right. Oh now, are you are you ready? You now I, I now here's the thing. This phrase that you were trying to. Oh, think right. Of, yeah. We still have it. <laughs> right. What was that phrase? What did we finally figured it out? I texted you like three hours mm-hmm. later. I was on my couch and it popped into my head and I said, hey, is it this? And I texted you and you sent me back a text with a bunch yes. of E's and yes. S's. Yes. So what was the uh, what was that term? Self fulfilling prophecy. That's it. Mm-hmm. It came to mm-hmm. me three hours after we finished taping, and I was like, "Well, that's that's great." But yeah, self fulfilling prophecy. That's what you were thinking of, and that's exactly what you were thinking of. Now, I do want to mention we got a bunch of emails. 
uh, Mike, Rodney, Doris, John, Tom, Leslie, Janet, Robert, Bill. They all sent it. I, that's felt great, fulfilling though. prophecy. So we've got like twelve people uh, and uh, and one voicemail uh, that sounded the quality was terrible, so I didn't play it. But one voicemail, uh, and I can't remember the person's name because I couldn't understand it. It was like <laughs> self fulfilling prophecy. You know, <laughs> I do love that um, people can understand my explanations. Yeah. Well, they because got sometimes it. I'll I'll be talking to Colin and I'll be like, ah, oh, the thing with the, and then I try to, and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got it. We have very smart, uh, very Yay. smart, uh, yes. And so that was that's what we were that's what we were was driving Esmeralda nuts. We finally got it. Self fulfilling prophecy, and we thank you. And that's see the that's the loveliness of being a part of the uh, Esma Esma production world. Help <laughs> yes. us out. Yeah. 773-417-6948. Leave your voicemails. NickDPodcast at gmail.com for your emails. Okay. So, hey, uh, this is celebrity mix-ups. This, mm-hmm. this is a common thing where people mix up celebrities because sometimes they look alike. You know, there's a couple of celebrities that have doppelgangers out there. A couple of celebrities look the same and you mix them up. Sometimes the names are a little bit similar. Sometimes they... Oh, yes. Sometimes, uh, you know, the, the, they perform the same style of stuff and mm-hmm. they fit under the umbrella of certain genres or they do similar things or they're similar in general. But celebrity mix-up is what I wanted to talk about because uh, there have been a few and I have a couple of very specific ones and I'm pretty sure that you would too. Mm-hmm. And then I found an article that has like sort of celebrity doppelgangers and mix-ups and I thought it would be kind of fun. And open it up to, to, to you subscribers out there. What celebrities do you mix up? Whether it be because they look alike or they sound alike or they're similar, leave your leave your comments on the voicemail or the email. But I guess the the most popular one of the last maybe what fifteen ish years or so would be Dermot Mulroney and Dylan McDermott. Yeah, because they look alike too. Do they really? I've, I, I've I kind of think so. Because I've always thought Dylan McDermott is uncommonly Let's beautiful. See. Like, Dylan McDermott is a handsome, handsome man. Dermot Mulroney, you know, he's pretty good looking, but he more, more kind of, he, you could, he, he would play more goofballs, I think. He would fit in to playing more goofballs than Dylan McDermott would. Because I think Dylan McDermott is like fucking, he's a beautiful man. So Dermot Mulroney. I, who, yeah, you know what? They don't look similar now because Dermot Mulroney has gray hair, like very gray hair yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he was younger, I would say you could you could interchange him. And I, and of course, I mean, we can't even talk about how the names are ridiculously. You know what I mean? That it's just it's yeah. <laughs> it was like those guys were born with those names to be mixed up. You know what I mean? You can't walk around <laughs> Dermot Mulroney and Dylan McDermott together, and you know they were only on screen in one thing together. What's that? It was a TV show that Dylan McDermott was the star of. It was a sitcom, and it was really funny. I want to say it was called L.A. to Las Vegas. Oh, and I've he played, never heard of that. It, well, it was a Fox sitcom. I think it was only on for one season, maybe two. I thought it was uh, hilarious. Okay. And he played a, an egotistical, goofy goofball with a terrible, awesome mustache. He played the mm-hmm. pilot. Of, of a plane that flew exclusively from L.A. to Vegas. So it was just one-hour flights back and forth. And, and he played the pilot, and it was about the, uh, 
you know, the flight attendants and the people that worked on the flight and the wacky passengers that they would get, you know, with and that what that's what the setup was for the sitcom. Mm-hmm. It was all these people who were just doing that trip, that quick trip from L.A. to Vegas. And I want to think I, I think it was called L.A. to Vegas. Maybe you can look it up. Um, I believe so. Yes. OK. LA so to Vegas. that's what it was called. And it was a really funny show. And Dylan McDermott was hilarious. And he played the pilot the, uh, of the plane. And Dermot Mulroney made uh, two appearances on it. And they made a huge big deal out of it because they never appeared on screen together before. So there was all of this Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney stuff. They even did a, uh, a Saturday Night Live skit. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Dermot Mulroney or Dylan McDermott. <laughs> and, Dil- and Dermot Mulroney shows up at the end of the script, at the end of the skit. But I will um, say that they do look similar just back in the day. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dermot Mulroney now has, like, salt Gray and pepper hair. hair yeah. so. so, but that that's a big one, right? Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney. Mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. a big one. Now, do you want to know the classic one that's very Dermot Mulroney, Dylan McDermott-like from the what 70s? Is that? Now, it involves oh. three guys. Three guys, oh, okay? Now, you can look these guys up. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. look the same. Okay. But they sound the same, and they and they all worked right around the same time in the seventies, like from the late sixties in through the seventies, and maybe up until like nineteen eighty or so. And it was James Franciscus, Tony Francioso, and James Farentino. Those three guys. Okay. <laughs> and there was a time when it was like, I don't know which one it is. Is that James Franciscus? Is that Tony Francioso? Is that James Farentino? And it, it, those were the three guys. They were the original Dermot Moroni, Dylan McDermott. They were from the 70s, only there was one extra dude. So it was James Franciscus, Tony Francioso, and James Farentino. And you'd be like, which one of those guys is in what? Wow. Yeah. And did it not fail that at least one would be in something? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. you got to understand, Esmeralda. These guys worked all the time. They were like these guys from the 70s. You know, these character actors and guys. Although, you know, James Franciscus was a... and so Actually, all three of them were very handsome dudes. Uh, so they could play leading men. But they all worked in TV. They did, you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of different television shows, guest spots. They had their own TV shows. They all worked in movies. James Franciscus is in goddamn Beneath the Planet of the Apes. So he was in a goddamn Planet of the Apes movie. Uh, James Farentino uh, was in the TV uh, version of Blue Thunder. He was also in a great horror movie called uh, uh, Dead and Buried. Tony Francioso, they were all in shows at that time. But yeah, those were the three. That's the original Dermot Moroni, Dylan McDermott. James Franciscus, Tony Francioso, James Farentino. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot. That was my young. They were my, dominating. They were dominating the seventies. They were the they <laughs> they were the Dermot Mulroney, Dylan McDermott of my youth. Only there were three of them. Wow. <laughs> I think my favorite of the three was James Farentino. He was my favorite. I love James mm. Farentino. So um, now I have a couple that are that are kind of weird, but I want to hear you. What's what's one for you? Let's let's hear. These are these are celebrity mix-ups. Are there any that you that you have? Um, so for sure, Margot Robbie, and um, her name is Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving. Yes. So okay. I think they're both um, Australian. Yes, they are. Um, but Samara Samara Weaving was in that uh, that wedding movie, Ready or Not. I don't know if you remember. Oh that. yeah, she looks exactly like her. I mm-hmm. love that movie. By the way, I love. I remember that movie. thinking like, is that Margot? And then it wasn't. And then, <laughs> now, and then she's in other stuff. 
Yeah, no, um, she does. You're right. They look exact. Now, now, I'd like to add to the Margot Robbie if that's possible for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because not only is that a great one, yes, they look. And what's her name again from Ready or Not? The girl from Ready or Samara Not? Samara Weaving. She, yeah, looks, she too is Australian. Yeah, and they look exact. You're right. They are unbelievably similar looking. But I have another one that looks like uh, Margot Robbie. So we can make it a James Franciscus, Tony Francios, or James <laughs> Ferretino thing. Margot Robbie, the girl from Ready or, 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 Ready or Not, mm-hmm. and Jamie Presley. Yeah. Jamie yeah, Presley. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. Uh, My Name is Earl. Um, mm-hmm. and a mom, uh, and other, you know, uh, she's in, uh, I can hardly wait. She's in can't hardly wait. Um, and I love Jamie Presley. I think she's very funny and very pretty. And she, I think looks a lot like Margot Robbie. I think if you put those three women together in one movie, the world would implode. <laughs> <laughs> like they can't meet each other. No, you because... know what? Cause they're the same person. Yeah. 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 But would you, do you agree? Jamie Presley, don't do you think she's similar to those two uh, women? No, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, not just because she's blonde or whatever, but yeah, they have the same kind of face. Mm-hmm. They have the same kind of faces. Yeah, they do. They all have that. They all, and they're all very pretty. It's amazing that the three, the, those three women can look like that. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, uh, all right. So Jamie Presley, Margot Robbie, and the girl mm-hmm. from Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I have one that is not. This is okay. Here's this is a very specific one, and you're going to be like, "What?" But I mix up Katy Perry and Ella Fisher. Really? And here's why: because I always can't figure out which unfunny British jagoff they're married to, or they were married to. Because oh, I see. Okay. I always forget because Katy Perry, she was either married to the jagoff from Get Him to the Greek, or yeah, that the bo- guy. Or the Borat Jagoff. And so I always get them mixed up because Ella Fisher was or is still married to Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Katy Perry was married to the Russell Brand Jagoff. Yes. Okay. Now here's where I get them mixed up. If someone were to say to me, Ella Fisher, I'd go, uh, she was married to that asshole Russell Brand. And then I go, oh, no, no. You know what I mean? Or somebody says, Katy Perry. And I go, she's married to Borat. Because it's like two annoying British jagoffs who I don't think are even remotely funny are, yeah. were, were, were attached to those women, married to those women. And so I, that's how I confuse them. I confuse them by the unfunny British assholes that they were once married to. <laughs> well, Katy Perry, you can now detach her because she's, I don't think, I don't know if they're married or not, but she uh, has a child with Orlando Jones. Right. Wait, is it Jones? Bloom. Bloom. Orlando Orlando, Orlando Jones is someone else. Orlando Jones is make seven up your up seven up seven up yours. That's the he was Orlando Jones. Completely different. Completely different. He's African American. He's he's African American (laughs) and Orlando Bloom is about as white as you can get. Oh, those are not lookalikes. No. Orlando Orlando Bloom and Katy Perry. Yes. Yes. Okay. But I still because for 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 you know, a long time. And one of the reasons was like both of these like women are considered really attractive. And like both of those guys are like, what are you doing with those guys? You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, One, I mean, neither, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people find Russell Brand attractive. Maybe some, do you find him? Do you think Russell Brand is attractive? Yeah. How about Sasha Baron Cohen? Do you think he's attractive? And mm. I'm—I mean, out of he's the fine. Borat, the out of the Borat yeah. stuff, because that's yeah, yeah. not what he really he's looks. He's fine. Like. He's not. I'm not like, oh goodness. I mean, yeah. he's not hideous. 
So for for me, my my mix up was I don't know which unfunny British jagoff that they were married. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I got the like see Ayla Fisher, and I'd be like, I don't, I don't know, get him to the Greek guy. I don't know. So I always get those I always get those two confused <laughs> because of the unfunny British jagoffs they were married. Yeah. To. Uh, but you know what's funny is that Ayla Fisher and Katy Perry are both part of a doppelganger. Yeah, they they look like someone else. All right, do you, do and not you, them too. No, they, they they don't look. I get them confused because of their idiot mates. You know right. what I mean? Right. But Ella Fisher, do you know who she looks like? Uh, Amy Adams. Exactly like her. Yeah, I always confuse them. Yeah, I always have to think about it before I like. If I see those, I have to think about who it is because I I confuse the two all the time. And uh, for people who might not know, Amy Adams was in American Hustle, and she was in The Fighter, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 the she played a princess in one of those goddamn Disney. Uh, things that I was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Enchanted. Yes, Ella? Enchanted. No. Yeah, enchanted. no, Enchanted. Yeah, and then uh, Ella Fisher was in like Now You See Me. Uh, mm-hmm. That movie. With, she was uh, in uh, the the Shopaholic. What was that? Yeah. Which the, uh, the... I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> I did too. I did too. It was, it was not very. You know, you don't have to think about it. No, you don't. No, I think it's very entertaining, and I like her. I think she's very funny, and. Uh, um, I think she's much funnier than her husband. I can. T- I can tell oh, you she was much. in. Um, she's in uh, old school, or she's in one of those, or she's like crazy. One of the douchebag, yeah, one of right. the douchebag movies, right? Um, now, Katy Perry is also in a doppelganger, and who's her doppelganger? Uh, Zoe Deschanel. Again, they look real, especially if they both have bangs. If they're both wearing bangs at the same time, it's kind of frightening. <laughs> Yeah, I can see it, kind of. I'm not oh. as confused by them, but... But you are confused by Amy Adams and Neil Fisher. Yes. I mm-hmm. can understand that. I can understand that. All right, are you ready for another one of my weird ones? Mm-hmm. Okay, now, uh, the Katy perry Ella Fisher thing is because of they're both, you know, with British guys who aren't funny. That yes. annoy me. Okay, now, this is weird because it doesn't... They don't look alike... But I constantly get Portia de Rossi and Drea Di Matteo mixed up. No, I do think they look alike. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. All right. I it get them mixed up. It may not be all the time, maybe. Like I got like if someone were to say to me uh, Drea Di Matteo, I'm like, oh, she's with Ellen, right? And then they're like, no, that's not. She's not with Ellen. The other one is with Ellen. Portia de Rossi is with Ellen. And then De, Drea Di Matteo was in The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And I get it confused. Sometimes it's like Portia de Rossi. Oh, yeah, she's in The Sopranos. And then my brain has to wait a couple of seconds. And I'm like, no, she's from Arrested Development. And, you know, Drea Di Matteo is the one from The <laughs> Sopranos. And so I, have, I always have to, like, try to figure it. It always makes me, like, I don't know. You know who used to drive? It used to drive my ex-wife nuts when I would mix them up. It would drive her nuts, my second ex-wife. She, I would be like, like yeah. how often are you doing this? Well, I mean, we were, we watched. How often are you talking about Drew well, there was when we f- when, Well, when we first started dating, Arrested Development was a huge thing. And, uh, mm. and we both loved it. And we spent, there was, you know, she had the DVDs. And we did like a whole weekend where all we did was watch Arrested Development. And we would start, and it was right around, and The Sopranos was still on at that time. So it became, the conversation came up. And every time we would watch Arrested Development, I'm like, yeah, now Portia de Rossi, or is that Duran DiMatteo? She's like, idiot. It's Portia de Rossi. She would. Get- <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, it also doesn't help that they have that same like curly blonde hair. I Not guess anymore, they, yeah. but back in the day, like they were both like had that kind of wavy, curly kind of long right. blonde hair. 
And they're the very like Italian names with the D and the small E, capital mm-hmm. D and the small E. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's not that crazy that I got them mixed up, but like it drove my ex-wife nuts. Like, I, you know, I'd be like, a, you know, yeah, Arrested Development with J.R.D. Mateo. She's like, no, she's in The Soprano. I'm like, all right. <laughs> All right. Are there other ones? What What, what are some of your uh, some of the other ones that you that you've seen that you, you think fit into the celebrity doppelganger mix up? Uh, well, mine's interesting because they're two Supermans, um, Henry Henry Cavill uh-huh. and Tom Welling. So he played, I think, uh, Superman in, in like the TV show Smallville, right? I think Smallville. I think. I think yeah. it was a t- I think he was TV show Superman. And so he Henry, that would, Henry, Henry Cavill, Cavill is, the, is movie Superman. Well, one of the movie Superman, um, but the, the like the like the two thousands Superman, mm-hmm. like the, the mm-hmm. mid two thousand Superman is Henry Cavill. Um, but the other one was Smallville, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, so you think those guys look uh, look alike? I mean, I think they look at least like related. <laughs> well then I guess like when good. I look at picture like if you if you look them up together and there is definitely like people are like yeah they look like each other um there is a strong resemblance like they could be brothers they could straight up be somehow okay. related I guess I've never looked at the those guys in any other way I guess I I, I I don't I don't watch I've never really watched Smallville and he's not done anything outside of Smallville really that guy and uh, those Superman movies that Henry Cavill are in are unwatchable. And the only thing I ever liked him in <laughs> was uh, the that last Mission Impossible movie. That was the only time yeah. I've ever liked him because he kicked ass in that movie. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, in that last Mission Impossible movie, The Fallout, which is one of the greatest action movies ever made, he's got a mustache. He's got like a bad mustache in that, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, he doesn't look very Superman-ish. <laughs> oh, is that the mustache that they had to get rid of? In post, in Superman, yes, because he had he <laughs> he he grew it he grew it for Fallout, but then they they did like a Superman versus asshole or Batman versus dickhead or whatever those stupid yeah, yeah. ass movies are, and they had to like digitally remove his Superman mustache. <laughs> I just <sighs> <sighs> okay. All right, um, let's see. How about this one? How about Tom Hardy and Logan Marshall Green? Have you ever seen these guys? Um, I'm not sure who that man is, but I'd right, probably look up, say it's Tom Hardy. Yeah, well, look up, look up, look up Logan Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green uh, has been in a few movies. He was in uh, some movie where he's like part robot, some horror movie where he's part robot. Restart or retry or some shit. He was in that. And Tom Hardy, obviously, you know Tom Hardy. You mm-hmm. know, he's fucking oh, mad. Yeah. Man. He's mad man. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. But but this guy, this Logan Marshall Green. Oh yeah, you, they uh, they are unbelievable, right? Yeah. Again, <laughs> you would you would wonder like, are y'all related? Exactly. Like, do you have... <laughs> Logan Marshall Green and Tom Hardy. And I remember when I reviewed that movie that retry or uh, I can't even. It's got a one word title, like it, it's a computer term, like reboot maybe. Um, uh, upgrade. Up. That's it. Upgrade. Upgrade. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember when I reviewed that movie, I kept referring to him as not Tom Hardy. Wait, is that the one where you can't see anything? I don't remember. I it's just like remember first. Per- oh no, that's that Henry movie. Never mind. <laughs> it's this is the this is the one where he's like a robot or like it's he's I don't know it's shit. Yeah, 
but he like turns into a robot, starts murdering people. And, oh, uh, all right. But I remember when I reviewed it, I kept referring to him as not Tom Hardy. Mm. That's, how I, that's how I kept referring to him. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, all right, any other ones? What, what, what are some other ones that pop out for you? Um, I am for sure... Uh, I get confused. Oh, well, here's another one with Henry Cavill. Uh, him and Matt Bomber. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I never even thought of that one before. And then I guess you could throw in Tom Wellington in there, too. Tom Wellington. So we've got a, yet another James Franciscus, Tony Francioso, James Ferentino uh, trilogy. Yes. <laughs> I wonder how many you more could also say the same. You can also say the same about his, at least Matt Bomber's like, TV shows. I was just talking to Colin about, he was like, have you seen Suits? And I was like, no. I've never watched Suits. And then he's trying to explain it to me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know what it's about. What's the yeah. other one where they're like convicts or something? They're all the same like USA Network type yeah. show. Yeah, there was uh, <laughs> there was White Collar. Mm, there uh, you go. There was Suits. There's suits. White Collar. There was Psych. Um, they all, Although they, that one's a, that one's different. It is, but they all kind of fall under that, like, what yeah. the hell? You know, and then there was the other one. That one was different because it... Burn Notice least, was another one. You remember Burn yeah. Notice? Because <laughs> at least with, like, Suits and White Collar, they they felt so similar. That's where the princess is from, right? Wasn't she on Suits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on Suits. Yeah, What's suits. her name again? Mer- uh, Megan Markle. Megan Markle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's on Suits. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean those all that stuff. If you remember the sketch they did on SNL years ago called "What Is Burn Notice"? It was a game show. <laughs> I actually liked Burn Notice. Did you really? <laughs> I remember <laughs> watching it every once in a while. I'd be like, this isn't they, bad. They, they, you should go and look at that sketch. Bill Hader is the host of this game show called "What Is Burn Notice," and nobody yeah. knows what it is. That's the the game show. Was. I enjoy I enjoy <laughs> those kinds of shows. Uh, um, like Burn Note, like Leverage. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Sure. Yeah, all of that's they all fall under that category. But those the suits and, and white collar are sim they're they're very yeah. much doppelgangers T V yes, shows. They are doppelganger TV shows. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing we can get into right, right there. Doppelganger TV shows or doppelganger movies. Remember uh uh back it, it, when uh Dante's Peak and Volcano came out like the same time? Oh god. And then and the then, magician movies? Yeah, there was the the <laughs> prestige yeah, and the and the illusionist. They came yes. up with that. How about I was like, the? What uh, is with the with the magician movies? Yeah, I know the and one of them was your was your your boyfriend Edward he Norton was, was in. Uh, he, he was in was. the uh, he was in the the illusionist. Couldn't tell you. He was in the illusionist because <laughs> the prestige was Christian Bale, uh, and it was uh, what's his ass uh, Nolan Christopher mm. Nolan directed that one. Okay. Yeah. How about the how about the giant asteroid movies at the same time? Deep Impact and Armageddon. There you go. Yeah. They came out of Doppelganger the movies, see? Hmm. <laughs> well, hell, that's a whole other podcast right there. Yeah. All right. How about if I rip through a few of these, Esmeralda? You tell me. Yeah, okay? go for it. Ready? All right. Uh, uh, Skylar Aston and Dane Cook. Um, yes. Okay. I can here's, one I don't, here's one I don't get. Daniel Radcliffe, Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood. Mm, I see it. Do you? Because they're tiny. They're like tiny dudes. Yeah. Um, and I but think da- it's, you know what, the picture that they have in this article that you sent yeah. uh, from Marie Claire, you need to have them both with facial hair. And then I you can so. see more. There's more but, resemblance. But, the th- but for me, you know, Eli- Elijah Wood, you know, cute guy. Daniel Radcliffe has turned into a fucking hunk. Like Daniel. <laughs> da- 
Daniel Radcliffe, man. Okay. Come uh-huh. on. I, he's beautiful. This is the way. I oh. just like that you called him a hunk. He's a goddamn hunk. <laughs> he's a beautiful man, Daniel Radcliffe. He's hot. Oh, All right. By the Mar- way, he doesn't like being called Dan. I think I told you that. Yeah, you did. You did. It, uh, um, and I can't remember what the interview was that you saw, but yes, that's right. Yeah, it was somebody. He okay. Likes Daniel. Daniel, that's right. Um, Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon. I guess. No, I don't see that at all. And they were in the. I, they it's were, very. They in, it's very like, oh yeah, that's my cousin lookalike. Yeah, and they were in The Departed together, and I couldn't. It's not. I never got them mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I don't see. Okay. It. Rupert Grint and Ed Sheeran. Mm, I can see that. I kind of. I mean, Ed Sheeran's a troll, you know. Um, <laughs> Again, Rupert Grint needs to have, they both need to have facial hair. Okay. I feel like that really, and then, yeah, they have to have very messy hair. But right. yeah, yeah, I could see okay. it. I could see it. Helen Hunt, Jodie Foster. Don't see it at all. No, and Not I see, I don't see Helen Hunt and Jodie Foster. I see Helen Hunt and Lily Sobieski. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, a young Helen Hunt, I guess. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But Jodie Foster, no, I don't see yeah, Helen Jodie Foster at all. Elizabeth, here's one that I absolutely see. Elizabeth Banks and Chelsea Handler. Uh, I don't. Really? I, I, don't, I don't get them confused at all. Like, I don't see one thinking it's the other Okay. No. No, I, I, I know. Yeah, I can tell them apart. I'm just saying that they look, they look. They look kind of. I don't okay. really see it. All right, here's a triple. You ready for this one? Oh, okay. Daisy Ridley, Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. Natalie Portman. Mm, yeah. How about that? That's like another yeah. James Franciscus, Tony Francioso, James Marantino. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see, I see the Kira and the Daisy, but not like Natalie Portman and Daisy. Mm-hmm. But I do see it. Yeah, I can. I, I see now. You can see how they, the, the three of them are very, very similar. I see similar. how they. Yes, I yeah. see how. But, the... I mean, but but I think Daisy Ridley and Kira Knightley definitely. I mean, that's really close. I would yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans. No. I guess I it's just because of their names and they're both in superhero movies. Yeah, I guess. That's, I guess that's what it is. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. Um, Javier Bardem, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I can see that. Me too. I can see that. I actually, Although, I think I probably have confused Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan with yeah. Javier Bardem because he yeah, looks, my, he looks like yeah, he looks like him too much. He does, he does. But the thing is, like, I, I just can't stand Jeffrey Dean Morgan because I, uh, and I love Javier Bardem, and I also think Javier Bardem is almost as beautiful as Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, I love I love Javier Bardem. My God, that's like my you know like um. That's like my favorite couple. Might be my favorite couple on earth is Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. I just love them. <laughs> I love them separately and together. My God. Um, now, here's one I don't see. Dakota Fanning and Amanda Seyfried. Uh, no. I don't see that. Just because they have blonde, long hair. Okay. Mm. I, I Other than that, that, it's like... Mm. No. Okay. Uh, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds. Mm, I don't see it. I don't either. They're both named Ryan, I guess. One's a really great actor and one is annoying as hell. I, uh, you know. Uh, I just like that. They're both named Ryan. Both named Ryan. So they, <laughs> they, I guess they look the same. And they both were child stars, I guess, right? I know Ryan Gosling was in the Disney Oh, thing. right. And I think Ryan Reynolds was also like a child. He was. He, Ryan Reynolds was also a child star. In Canada? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michelle Williams and Carrie Mulligan. Mm, and that's one. Really. I don't think they really look alike, but they make the same kind of indie movies, and they're both considered really great risk-taking, ballsy actresses. You know what I mean? Because of the yeah, parts that so they I play. Could, yeah, I could yeah. see how people confuse yeah. them. Um, now, one that they do look very similar. Like, okay. she could play her, although I don't think they're that much younger. Uh, Mila Kunis and Sarah Hyland from Modern Family. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty unbelievable, really. Yeah, they got, yeah. They almost, like, looking at pictures, they, yeah, their faces. They're from the same similar. gene. It's like they're from the same gene pool, man. Mm-hmm. Really. Okay. Oh, here's another one, Esmeralda. This is a big one. I got it. I have to say, and I and these two actresses have uh, acknowledged it. It's always brought up. They've done stuff together to to be jokey about it. Mm-hmm. They've wore like they've they've actually gone to like events and wore the same dress just to fuck with people. Okay. Jessica Chastain and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's like Ella Fisher, Amy Adams. That's it's that. It's like that. So, Jessica um, And then I know this is not... Well, they're two celebrities. Yeah. Uh, and they've also acknowledged it. Okay. Uh, Will Ferrell and Chad Smith. Oh, yeah. Of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> he does look crazily like him. He does, man. I'm curious. It's like, you know, are you related in any way? Maybe you no, are. Who knows? I just love they did. A, they've done a bit on late night shows. I think it was. On, yeah, uh, for sure. On Conan, where they would come with the same baseball cap backwards and they, they would dress exactly. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. How about Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman? Now, um, they don't look alike at all, but they star in the same kind of movies. They've been, I think they've been in movies together. Yeah, and- I will say that I do get them confused. Mm-hmm. Because one has passed away, correct? Yeah, Paxton, Bill Paxton, yeah. And I always have to think about it. Right, which one I is... I can't remember which, who's who. Yeah. 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 All right, how but about... Yeah, I wouldn't say they look alike, but for some reason, yeah. No, yeah. everybody gets... A, yeah, no, that's a thing. That's a definite thing. Is The Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman thing is definitely... How about Dax Shepard and Zach Braff? Mm, yeah, I see it. I can kind of see that too. Jack, uh, Zach Braff's hair is darker, but they both have yeah. the same. Yeah, I can see it though. Uh, Jeremy and, Renner and, and yeah, Nathan and, Fillion. And Nathan, yes, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, Nathan Fillion's face is a little longer, mm-hmm. while uh, uh, Jeremy Renner's a little stumpier. But he's got they the stumpy, very much alike. rounder face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rounder face. But, you know, the Dax Shepard, Zach Braff thing, you know, it's really funny is that Dax Shepard got his start on Punked, and, and and one of the most classic Punked episodes was Zach Braff. Oh, yeah, when he yells at that kid. At the right? kid for spray painting on what he thought was his car. <laughs> and Dax Shepard's part of that Punked. He's part of that. So. And then they got them confused. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, how about Travis Barker and Carrie Hart? Mm, oh, yeah, I guess. Because they're both like tattooed dudes, is that why? Yeah, one? tattooed bald dudes. Right, and Travis Barker isn't he now with some asshole? He was married to one of those playmates for a while. They had a, a, a reality. He is show. with Chloe. Or uh, uh, which one uh, is he with? One He's of with... the Kardashians. Oh, okay. Well, what are yeah. there? There's Kim. I don't Chloe, know. They all start with K's, right? Cassandra. Courtney. Courtney. Right. He is with Courtney. All right. And then Carrie Hart is is with uh, one of my favorite people Pink. on the planet, Pink, yes, who is Pink. one of my favorite humans ever. Um, 
and but I guess what do they get them confused because they both have neck tattoos? Is that what? <laughs> Pretty probably. I guess. All right. <laughs> and um, um, yeah, go ahead. Evan Rachel Wood and Rachel, uh, what's her the marvelous Millie lady? Oh, oh, uh, Brosnahan. Yes, marvelous uh, Mrs. Maisel. Mrs. Maisel, <laughs> Rachel Brosnahan. Yeah, and and Evan yeah. Rachel Wood. Ooh, you yeah. know what? Yeah, I've never even thought of that one before. I I also confuse Evan Rachel Wood with um who wait is Evan Rachel Wood the one who was with Marilyn Manson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, okay. by the way, there was this documentary uh, that she just did, um, and it's it's a it's a tough watch, but it's about that whole yeah Marilyn Manson. Was situation. she also in Lolita? Who was in Lolita? Uh, that was not her. Uh, you're talking about the Jeremy Irons Lolita? Yes. No, it's not. It's not Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, it's somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Well, that's she who was I a, confused. She, Evan, Evan Rachel Wood. Evan, Evan Rachel, Rachel Wood, Wood with. She was in a film that had like Lolita sort of quality to it called Thirteen, where she played the daughter of Holly Hunter. Um, whoever and, was in whoever was in that Jeremy Irons Lolita. I can't remember who <laughs> who the actress was. Um, I can't remember who it was. Lolita was directed by Dominique Adrian. Swain. Dominique, oh my God, she was hot for about. She was popular for about four minutes. She, she to me looks like Evan Rachel Wood. I can see that Dominique Swain. Man, when was the last Dominique Swain? When was the last time that name popped up? Holy cow! Let's see. Oh well, she's she's been working. Yeah. I mean, it's all probably just she's like that. Remember when whatever Gretchen, movies? But... Remember when when Gretchen Mall was a thing. Remember oh, when yeah. she was? Remember that? <laughs> like she's in Rounders. She's in Rounders with uh, with your boyfriend uh, and uh, and Matt oh, Damon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with your boyfriend and Matt Damon are in are in that movie. Um, and funny enough, Dominique Swain is in some movie uh, that came out in 2019. It's probably a straight to video thing called yeah. Eminence Hill. Uh-huh. But I'm looking at the cover, and I thought that it was um. Yeah, Man, I can't remember her name. Um, Australian blonde. Uh, she was in Tank Girl. <laughs> Lori Petty. Na- Naomi Watts. Oh, Naomi Watts. She was in Tank. Naomi Watts was in Tank Girl. Yeah, she's the she's uh, the friend. That's the Naomi Watts. Jesus, I haven't mm-hmm. seen Tank Girl in a long time. Yeah. Oh, because I I love Lori Petty. Oh God. Anyway, this movie, the Straight to DVD, they have yeah. the cover, and Dominique Swain looks like Naomi wow. Watts on it. Naomi Watts. Okay. <laughs> so there we go. There's okay. another doppelganger. There we go. Another <laughs> doppelganger right there. Doppelganger movies, doppelganger everything. And then the last one, how about Minka Kelly and Leighton Meester? Yeah, I can see it. I can see it too. Yeah, I can see that too. But it's good to look like Blair. So uh, there you go. Yeah, it's not a bad one to look like. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> all right. Well, there's a lot of them out there, and I think we've discovered. And and your number one, which was the first one that popped into your head for you? Um, Henry Cable? No. Um, uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. That's right. Margot Robbie. And Samara Weaving. And and now you can add Jamie Presley to that to make it a James Franciscus, mm-hmm. Tony Francioso, James Ferentino. Trio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, uh, celebrity doppelgangers. Where, where was that article? Marie Claire is the one I sent you, right? Yes, okay, Marie cool. Claire. So people can check it out. All right, cool. All right. Uh, everybody looks like everybody, Esmeralda, and everybody makes the same movie over sure. and over and over again, for God's sake. All right. Anything planned for wow. the weekend? That was quite a, like, ending 
like to sum it up. That's right. Doogie Hauser type. <laughs> <laughs> Please wrap uh, up I, the episode. <laughs> uh, I pride myself on being as a, as as much like uh, Doogie Hauser as a, as. A, I think I broke my ass. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything for the weekend you got going on? Uh, I will be going to a wedding. Oh really? Yes, oh. a friend of uh, Colin's okay. high school friend. He's he's going to be the best man in it. Holy shit! Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's fun. Um, Has he worked on his but, speech? Uh, I think not. (laughs) He's been talking and talking and talking about it, but I don't think he's actually like, he's gotten like no step. He has anything like solid, but we'll see. It's fun. I was, I was, I was a best man at one wedding and, uh, um, and it was fun. It's a little, it's a little intense though. I mean, it can be intense. Yeah. It's a lot. Like he had to set up the bachelor party and yep. Yep. Yep, no, so. thank you. <laughs> is it in town or is it in Chicago or? It is. It is. Okay. Well, that's cool. Oh, well, good. Well, have Thankfully. a fun have a fun weekend. I'm just yes, I'm going to barrel through the next two days because Sunday night starts my two nights uh, that I get to see uh, Suzanne Vega. So that's uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Sunday night uh, at the Old Town School of Folk. Monday night at Space in Evanston. Nice. And I'm going to get backstage uh, and hang out with her, and I'm still trying to get her on the goddamn podcast. It's going to happen at some point. And then are you going to um are you going to be like Mario? hey yes, hey do you remember do you remember that song about Luca? Hey. Remember that song about that the comes kid up that- like every once in a while in my head and I'll just be like my name is Luca. Yeah. I live on I the live second down. floor. Yeah. yeah. yeah there you I go. I live upstairs from you. Yeah. I know. Like Luca and Tom's Diner, those are the ones that she's most known for and she's written so right, many yeah. other other incredible songs. <laughs> so anyway. And then it's uh, not even like her version of Tom's Diner. It's the like the one I but, think of is the no, the one the, that's been yeah, remixed. The, yeah, the DNA version or whatever it's called. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which yes, she yeah. fully loves, man. Like it happened and she was like, I give them complete you know, because she could have been a dick and said nope. Yeah. Because they use it I mean, without her permission. Jam. Yeah. And she loves it. And that's, you know, she closes every show with it. She puts on a top hat and comes out and, and does it. Oh. And, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. So that's Sunday night. Anyway. All right. Nice. And then uh, again, uh, you'll, you'll, have your, you'll have your Tuesday off for, for the people, but you'll be mm-hmm. back on oh. Friday and we'll get uh, Slap Slapley in. Nice. And we'll have some fun with that. Looking forward right. to it. We'll have fun at the wedding. Well, thank you. And uh, have fun and, with and Suzanne good, Vega. Oh, I, I, you bet your ass I will. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to Colin on the best man speech. I really hope he. Uh, I hope. It goes yeah, well, so. well, I, I'll have to report back. Please do, please do. All right, hey, you <laughs> want to be a part of the Nick D podcast? Leave your voicemails at seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. Email us nickdpodcast at gmail dot com. Again, thanks to Jason Skaggs uh, for all that great stuff. Uh, fun talking to uh, Eric. And uh, to Steve about the Chicago Film Critics Festival, which starts on May 13th at the Music Box Theater. Uh, Rate and review us on any platform. Check us out at radiomisfits.com. Discuss us. uh, Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And check out all the other amazing podcasts on our network, radiomisfits.com. Thank you so much. And we will uh, see you on uh, Tuesday for a For the People with Herb Weisbaum and Tom Appel. Thanks. See you next time.